Welcome to another Christian Education National Podcast. Another episode where we bring you the audio of a presentation that has and hopefully will continue to encourage Christian educators. May it be an encouragement to you in your work for His Kingdom. Well, what a, uh, a beautiful start to the conference and thanks to all those who have welcomed us. Uh, a couple of days, reimagining practice needs a prayer about reimagining. And so I'm going to give you, uh, as a prayer for this week, I think as a prayer for the next year, uh, possibly you'll pray this prayer for the next four years until we meet again, uh, the words of Ephesians 3, 14 to 21, uh, which are the prayer, prayer words of a prisoner. Uh, it's all too easy, I think, when we talk about reimagining to uh, soar into imagination, transformation, power, growth, renewal. Uh, but I want to say that this prayer from a prisoner in Ephesians 3 14 and following is a trusting and humble prayer uttered by Paul uh, with a consciousness of demonic, satanic opposition of government uh, and empire, opposition. And so he dares to imagine greatly, but he does so in a way that is hugely realistic, and I find that incredibly encouraging. The prayer starts, and I'll show you the words in a moment, with the words, for this reason. He tried to start this prayer back in Ephesians 3, 1, when he wrote, for this reason I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles. And then he is distracted, as it were, and he needs to say that the reason why he's overwhelmed by the ministry and opportunity that God has given is because God is bringing together a new humanity. Jews and Gentiles, people from all nations now, one body in Christ in a whole new creation. He's overwhelmed, I believe, by the remarkable grace of God now revealed. But in the midst of that, he finds himself to be an unworthy person. He says, I am the least of God's people. There is no pride, there is no idealism He's an unworthy man. He's a recipient of abundant grace and he is now a prisoner. And so from his prison, he is both experiencing and imagining a whole new world. The world of Ephesians, the world of Paul in Ephesians, uh, I want to suggest has got four characteristics. It's a world where things are being reconciled. There is a new humanity. There is a, all things coming together in Christ. It's a world where people are astounded. A mystery hidden for ages has been revealed. And I want to say a few words tomorrow uh, from two kings about wonder. It's a world of gratitude where mercy and abundant grace make us, of all things, thankful and humble people. But it's a world which is opposed. And so Paul imagines and prays about 
the opposition and the armour that God gives us to live for struggle, for standing, for working in a world where heavenly and earthly powers still exist in opposition to Jesus' kingdom. Into his prayer then, Paul, first of all, imagines power or reimagines power in these terms. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. How does he reimagine power? Paul does not understand power in terms of the most common images in the ancient world. Military might, wealth, office, control, rule. First of all, Paul imagines power in terms of resurrection and therefore in terms of crucifixion and resurrection. He speaks about the mighty strength that God exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. For Paul, power looks like the king was dead and is alive. That's power. And to be powerful for Paul, even in prison, is to have the king present with you in your prison cell, in your struggle, in your teaching, in your work, in your life, in the life of your community. To have the king at home in each individual's core being and at home in each relationship. The spirit of the king is the spirit of flourishing life. That's power. And so Paul reimagines power in an ancient world where he is imprisoned by Roman government. But secondly, Paul reimagines love. He says, I pray that all of you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I dare to say that this is the boldest prayer in all of Scripture. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God for your work, for your relationships. How does Paul reimagine love? He reimagines it quite beautifully, I think, in terms of both rooted in and founded on new ground. When he says rooted in or flourishing, he's imagining new creation. When he says founded on, grounded on, he's imagining a new temple. The images of tree and temple in this passage would say that Paul's theology of love is grounded in and on God's work of new creation and new temple building. And from those grounds, creation, Israel, tree, temple, Paul prays that we will grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of the king. 
And I think he's imagining not just a new temple which encompasses all of the nations in Christ, but a new creation which is as wide and long and high and deep as all things. That love, Paul says, is beyond reason. It's knowing that fills you up with the fullness of God. And he's talking to slaves and masters, rich and poor, husbands and wives, children, workers, Jews and Gentiles, all of whom make up a new humanity. And then Paul reimagines what God can do. So he's reimagined power, he reimagines love, now he reimagines what God can do. Uh, look at the words, now to him who is able to do. The words able to do are the words God is powerful to work, to write, to do artworks, to poem, to recreate. It's a very practical word, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Paul wants to say that God's capacity for giving far exceeds God's people's capacity for asking or imagining. So whatever we do in the next couple of days, we're not soaring to the depths that God will soar to in this prayer immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. And remarkably, in this prayer, that's not triumphalism or soaring into idealistic dream. This is a trusting prayer, not a triumphalistic prayer. It's a prayer that incorporates death and resurrection, miracles and martyrdoms, prison and the freedom to travel, suffering and perseverance, as well as joy and fruitfulness. This is the prayer of a prisoner. And so today, let's take that prayer and imagine it for the week of conferencing, for the year ahead, for the challenges of the next years. Let me read you the prayer in the message version, which is always nicely reimagined, and here's what it says. My response is to get down on my knees before the Father, this magnificent Father who parcels out all heaven and earth. I ask him to strengthen you by his Spirit, not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. And I ask him that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all the followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breadth. 
test its length, plumb the depths, rise to the heights, live full lives, full in the fullness of God. God can do anything, you know, far more than you could even imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. It's a remarkable prayer. It's the prayer of a prisoner. It's the prayer of a person who knows what it is to suffer, but who chooses to imagine a world shaped by the gospel a reconciled, astounding world in Ephesians. So let me pray this prayer for us now and let me leave it with you also to pray each day this week and in the year to come. Let's pray. Lord, we bow before you, magnificent Father, Son and Holy Spirit. You have named us in heaven and earth, we derive our name from you. We pray that out of your glorious riches, we might be strengthened with power through the Spirit in our inner beings, that Jesus the King may make his home in our hearts through faith and be comfortable living in our lives. And that we being rooted and grounded in love, may have the power together with God's people in all nations to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that which is beyond reason, love that surpasses knowledge, filling us to the measure of the fullness of God. Lord, we praise you. We say with Paul in Scripture, to you who are able to do immeasurably more than all that we ask or imagine, according to your power at work within us, to you, Lord God, be glory in the church, in Christ Jesus, in our schools, in our lives, in our families, in our workplaces, throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.